friends. Welcome to another episode of the Long Distance Friends Podcast. My name is Liv, and we are in the fresh home studio, okay? Um, I will probably not post the full episode to YouTube because it has been a struggle bus to even get this started. I'm so breathy. I apologize. But like, let's be so fucking for real right now. So I last Friday wallpapered this whole wall, and it looks so gorgeous on camera. It looks beautiful. I have not gotten a new chair yet. I was going to get like a little love seat. And then I'm realizing if I do that, I have to paint the other walls next to this because you will see it. And that feels like a lot of work. And I know it's a lot of work because I have had to paint the walls before. So eventually we'll get there. Eventually. The wallpaper was not like the death of me, but it definitely was like I thought it was really easy and then I realized I can't cut a straight line for shit all right so you're seeing like the best parts of it don't look at the floor don't look at the roof okay don't look at the floor don't look at the roof and then we're fine so that was a bit of an issue bubbles in it holy shit so I got peel and stick wallpaper and I bought it online because who doesn't and I went through her name is uh on she's on tiktok as being the blooms and i think her name is like rachel or something she shows all these videos of her doing these like renter friendly diys so like peel and stick wallpaper and decals and um like tile backsplashes and stuff like that that are all peel and stick and like not long-term decisions which i was like i really like that because like what if i change my mind you know like i don't want to have to do an entire renovation project and it's also a lot cheaper. Okay. Okay. So I did that and there's bubbles like in the wallpaper and I did everything. I had three different squeegees. I got the kits to like really scrape it down. I It took me probably three days to do the whole thing. I could have done it in one, but I did one, one day I did one panel. And then the second day I came back because I wanted to like see what happened and it was a little bubbly and I was like okay so like next time I'm gonna try it a different way I'm gonna try it from the bottom and then I waited a day and I looked at it still bubbles okay then I'm gonna do one where I'm gonna like start from the center and really like really really work these out and still bubbles I don't know what I'm doing wrong um so continuing to upgrade the home studio and just make this so much more glamorous because like I am a glamorous girl you know like we are the peak of luxury, ladies and gentlemen, long distance friends from everywhere around the globe. Okay. Cause we've got global listeners. Shout out to you, global listeners. Love you. Don't forget to like, and subscribe. I love you right now. If you are listening, share with someone, be like, Oh my God, found this podcast. Love it. Share it. Love it. Thank you. So yeah, we've got this like really fun country scenes pattern gives me really like Marie Antoinette vibes. Like it gives me very like French, I want to say Renaissance, but I don't know if that's the correct art term, but like, it's super fun. We've got like children fishing and we have like ladies laying and a man being like, I love you. And then being like, I literally just want to lay here. Um, we also have a lady washing her clothes in the river and a lady with a child on a horse. And then some kid just like sitting off to the side, petting his sheep. So yeah, it's super cute, super cunty. 
And I love it. I was debating on doing like a love seat here for sitting purposes. And then I realized I do most of my interviews virtually. I haven't done an interview in a while also. So need to start that back up. Um, but I have, I'm feeling like I'm like coming back out of a burnout. Cause like I like completely crashed and I like, I build myself back up so that I can like continue chugging. But it's like, you know, when your gas tank is on empty and you put the emergency gallon in and you're like, that'll get you to a gas station. Then you need to go fill up. Yeah. I do the gallon and then I'm like, I can move again. And then I go too hard and then I'm like, I need another emergency gallon. So I am, uh, I'm the poster child for that. And I'm trying to do better. You know, I'm trying to prioritize my mental health. I'm trying to prioritize my genuine overall holistic well-being. And that's kind of tough to do when like we do live in a society that really pushes like be on the grind and go, 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 go. And like there, but that's not good long-term. Um, so trying to find joy in little things, uh, home decorating, I'm finding joy in, I want to start small. So I'm working on, you know, the studio and I'm working on my room and the studio, the wall that I face has some of my lovely, beautiful art that I've collected over the years. I have the window that gives me my natural lighting that is so glamorous and glorious. I do need to get, I have a lamp that I'm probably going to start using as lighting. I thought about getting a ring light, right? I thought about it because I was like, that's the best lighting there is. Probably won't do that because that is kind of expensive and I could just buy a new light bulb and put it in the lamp that I already have. I've also thought about getting a red chicken, like chicken light bulb because everybody's talking about this red light therapy and your girl has acne scars. Okay. Your girl has so many, I need to find a dermatologist. Okay. And I was listening to all my podcasts, right? I was listening to all my little podcasts this week and every single one of them had an ad for ZocDoc. You want to know what's bullshit? ZocDoc isn't supported in the state that I live in. How am I supposed to find a fucking doctor, ZocDoc? The fuck is that? Okay. So there's that because I need to go to the dermatologist because I am white and moly, right? And I have this skin condition that has happened on my hands for the past four years. And I really love this tattoo on my right hand because it covers a lot of the scarring that was left behind from one of the biggest outbreaks. I had an outbreak that lasted a full year and a half of just constant inflammation and like I have no idea what it was. I went to a dermatologist and she was like, oh, it's this like rare thing that'll go away in two years. And we see it a lot in people with diabetes, but also in like regular, healthy, normal people. And I was like, so you just find it in everybody. Like you did, you, why did you start with the, like, we see it in people with diabetes? Like, oh my God, I have diabetes. And she was like, no, we also see it in healthy young people. And I was like, okay, so why would you start? That's like walking in and being like, this is usually a symptom of HIV. And then your first response is like, oh my God, that that's a symptom of, oh my God, do I have that? And then they're like, well, no, we also see it in people who have the common cold. Why would you start with like the most egregious diagnosis? You know, like, why would you start with the one that would like change my entire life? That's fucking rude. So that happened. And then I was given all these like treatments for it and they did not help. And I now have long-term issues with it. It has spread from just the top of my right hand to, it used to just be on my right arm. 
So the top of my right hand and my right bicep had breakouts and my hand is covered in scarring. Uh, my bicep is not, thank God, but my left hand is starting to have some outbreaks and is starting to kind of have a texture change, which is not ideal. Um, but you know, it's fine. I don't plan on tattooing the left side of my body because that's just, I don't know. That's, I, I decided that a couple years ago, I was just like, I love the idea of doing my whole right arm, but I don't want to do my left arm, you know? So there's that back to home decorating. Cause I got off topic. I am planning on what kind of chair I want to get. Cause I want to get one where I can sit crisscross applesauce and get like super comfy. So I'm debating like a barrel chair or something like that, but them shits are expensive. You know, cause like I have the rocking chair and I thought about getting another rocking chair, but I was like, I, it's carpeted in here. I just feel like that's not the vibe, but I want like something cozy. Cause like I'm sitting in here for a while and then I can also use it as like a little reading nook or like when I edit, I can sit in here instead of going other places. I don't know, but I've got the lamp. I need to get the chair. I also need to get a side table cause I have like a TV tray and I love a TV tray. Okay. Let me put that out there. I love a TV tray. They're versatile. They're good little emergency tables. Okay. And as a woman who spends a lot of her days solo, I just pop one of them bitches out and I'm good to go. I am currently using one as a nightstand because I haven't bought a nightstand yet because priorities. I haven't bought a side table for in here. I need to buy a side table and I need to get a cute little cozy chair. So that's what we're working on. I probably also need to get a table to hold the computer that I use to record. But guess what is holding that? You guessed it. Ding, 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 ding. A TV tray. Because that's what I do. So yeah, so that's the updates on the home studio. I'll probably paint this wall next. Honestly, I probably need to paint the rest of the room to match the wallpaper. But that is out of a lot. I could just do more wallpaper on that side, but I don't want to do two sides wallpaper or I'll just keep sitting in the middle. Let me know what you think in the comments below. Anyways, moving on. Um, So last weekend, I took myself on like a fun girly pop uh, trip, right? I, I wanted to treat myself and I did. I did take a day off of my big girl job and I, I didn't go to Chicago on the day that I took off. Um, So here's the thing. And I, I love the like ongoing bit of this, but like, so I posted a TikTok where I was like, come with me for like a Sunday date. Cause you know, it's self-dating Sunday. And I was like, I, I just kind of like came up with that in the moment, but I was like, I do kind of take myself on dates. Like I've done a couple videos where I'm like, come with me for a date, like taking myself out on a date. And I'm like, yeah, I am dating myself. Like slay. There's no roster right now. Um, and it's, kind of comfortable like that. I just, we've talked about it, guys. I'm not going to meet my man in this city. I'm going to meet my man while I'm traveling. You know, I love to do things though. And that's tough because like, I've always done stuff with other people. Like it wasn't always a big thing for me to be like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to do this alone. Like I used to have really crippling anxiety and I kind of started looking at going out alone and doing things as like like exposure therapy for a long time. And so now I'm really glad that I'm at a place where I'm able to like just get up and go and take myself out. And like, if you don't treat yourself like you are the hottest bitch in town, how can you expect anyone else to treat you that way? 
you know? So like, if I want people to take me out on a date, it needs to be a regular occurrence in my life that like, I'm getting taken out to nice places and doing nice things and doing things that are enjoyable to me. And like, also it's important for me to know what I like, you know, like I'm not going to know what I enjoy doing until I go out and do it. You know, like the world is so big and the best I can do is explore it as much as I can. Why would I wait for someone else to start living my life? So I've been enjoying doing that. And I, I did, I do like posting, you know, a story. I I enjoy posting videos that are telling a narrative of some kind. And I think it's important to remember that like a lot of social media is not real. Now I try to be as authentic as I can on social media, but like, I also enjoy a parody every now and then. So like I did this video of like, just, I just took myself to Chicago. I just like woke up and decided that I wanted a cup of coffee and there's a coffee shop in Chicago that like, I just really wanted to go to. And like, if I'm going to have a cup of coffee, I, I, if you give a mouse a cookie myself, and if I'm going to have a cup of coffee, I may as well like have something pretty to enjoy like looking at while I'm drinking it. So why wouldn't I go to like an art museum and enjoy the art and like walk around and do it? Cause like it, it was too cold to walk in the park. So I had to walk around inside. So I had to find like a good view while I was indoors, you know, like creating this kind of like parody of it. When in reality, like I had a meeting that I had to go to, like I was already planning on going to the city. I honestly, like a couple weeks ago, I knew that I was going to be in town and I had a early morning meeting and that it wouldn't take too long. So I would have a couple of hours in the city until I had to fly home. I only went for a day. I only was there for a couple hours and I got on hinge and I was scrolling through people within the city and I was like, you know, Hey, I'm like, I'm just looking for someone to take me out for a day. I'm looking to go to breakfast maybe lunch. I want to, you know, like I want someone to do something fun for me. And I had this idea of like, okay, so the content for this is going to be like, come with me for like a long distance date, whatever. And like make something funny of it, you know? And I, I will say like, I've realized that I do think of my life in the lens of like a filmmaker and I always have. And so that was a reason why, you know, uh, my girlfriend Jess and I have previously talked about it on here of like, we were in a magnet program in school for television and film. And then I went to college and I studied television and film and filmmaking and storytelling. And, you know, the media was, you know, creative media was what I studied and like everything that goes into that. And I've always felt so connected to it because that's how I saw my life. Like in, in, to some degree, I realized that that means that I felt some level of disconnect from being physically in my life, but I'm able to look at it and like, like I'm watching the film of it happening of like, I will have days where like I'm driving home from work and like a certain song will come on and I'm like, this is part of my montage. You know, this is part of the, like, this is the exact clip from it that would be in it of like me growing into myself. And like, I know how the story arcs and like, is that how real life works? Not always. But that's how I'm able to make sense of the world. And I then, you know, having the outlet of creating content, I know that I'm, I get maybe 300 views per video. Is that because TikTok does it on purpose? Probably. Like, I firmly believe that TikTok, TikTok looks at your content and it knows what would be good. 
And you want to know how I know that? Because they'll send you a message and go, do you want to promote this content? They only do it on the videos that they know would like really pop the fuck off. Okay. That's the only time that they do it. And so I do think to some degree, like there's a a stroke of luck to it, but like if people are not actively sharing your content, I feel like they put you in a, in a box. Cause like I've had several videos that I'm like, based off of the stuff that I'm seeing get wildly viral, like it would make sense that this would get more than 200 views, but it, it does this, you know, or like, you'll see people where like, I had my, my 15 minutes of fame back in 2020. I had a video that was wildly successful and I didn't lean into it. And I should have, you know, like I, I looked back on it and I was like, I was still in a place where I felt really ashamed about the subject behind the content. And I was like, I don't want that to be my brand. I didn't want daddy issues to be my brand and my whole image because the video that brought me to like wild popularity and still gets attention, like at least once a week, I get some new likes on it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like this video is still circulating. Wow. Okay. And it was back in 2020. I was scrolling through TikTok and I was constantly getting content of like girls with daddy issues of like, yeah, my dad left and he just like never came home. And like, that's why I have daddy issues, whatever. And I was like, you know, I see all these videos of people that are like, I have daddy issues because I don't have a dad. And I'm like, I have daddy issues because of the father that I have. Like, honestly, his existence was the trauma, you know, like he, he was the drama. He, the things that he has done was what fucked me up and it it blew up you know it had like 600,000 views overnight and had like 200,000 likes overnight and i was like oh my god like what the fuck and i had kind of laughed cuz i was like i've i've made like a couple videos before just like silly goofy whatever and it kind of scared me you know cuz i was like oh my god like i don't know what to do with this and it was baffling and I didn't lean into it because I was afraid of it. And I, I remember looking at it and I remember I hid the post for honestly like a year. Cause I was like, I want to get a job and like my digital footprint and my background check. And I was like, you know, I'm not posting anything on social media that would be detrimental to my career. I'm posting my silly little life. Like I'm not posting anything that like, I wouldn't feel comfortable putting on like Instagram where my family is and like Facebook and stuff like that. I just choose not to because I get to live authentically on TikTok. Whereas like Instagram and Facebook is very much like, I don't feel like I can post fully on there because like my family is on there. So I can't be my authentic self. And I realize that when I say that somebody's going to listen to that and go, you should be able to be your most authentic self with your family. And that's great that you have a solid, healthy family unit. That must be nice. Tell me about that. I don't have that. Okay. I was in college sitting on a call with a therapist who was like, well, what are you, what are the things that you like? Cause I was like, I just like, I, you know, I'm away from home and I feel better than I ever have, but I also feel a lot of grief with it. And like, there's constantly this back and forth of like, I keep getting told, you know, by these family members of like, I know you better than you know you, but I know in my soul that that's not true. But I also look in the mirror and I don't know who I am. And she was like, well, what are your favorite things? And I was like, well, 
I, I, what do you mean by that? She was like, make a list of your favorite things and let's talk about it next week. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I made a list of the things that I was like, I like this. Okay. Why do you like that thing? Hi, Tootie Lou. Guys, Toots is with us. Toots is in the studio. So I, honestly, I want to drop her name. Her name was um, Elizabeth Kaufman. She's on TikTok. Please go check her out. She's absolutely wonderful. She talks a lot about CPTSD. And that was the first time that I like kind of heard about it. And I was like, oh, I I relate to this content. Um, and I was on like a call with her. And she was like, you know, like, what do you like? And so I made this list. And then I unpacked it with my own therapist. And okay, like, I love this type of soap. Why? Well, my parents bought it for me one time. And I just like really liked the way that I felt after I used it. Like I just, I felt very like soft and comfortable and I don't know, it felt luxurious. Okay. What's the next thing on your list? And like, we went down it and the only thing that was like an authentic, like I liked the way that this made me feel was a bar of soap. It's a bar of soap that they don't make anymore. It was the coconut milk pink bar soap from Dove. And it wasn't something that was like bought for me regularly. It just was like the thing in bulk that Costco had one time. And I, I really liked it, you know, and moved on. But I was going through the list and it was like, I like the Halloween Oreos and like, not just the regular Oreos, but I like the Halloween Oreos. Why? Because my mom always made a really big deal out of them. Cause like my mom loves Halloween. And so it was like, oh, anything that was like Halloween themed, like was always like an exciting thing for her to bring into the house and was like a positive experience with her. And it was like, but like, if you had to like look at the Oreo aisle and choose which flavor would you choose? And I was like, well, I like, I, I really like mint Oreos in the freezer. Like that's flavor wise what I would choose. And she was like, okay, so that's what your favorite is. You have pleasant memories that you grasp onto with like a white knuckle for the Halloween flavor, but like, that's not the one that you actually enjoy. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, all right, let's move down the list. Like, what do I actually enjoy? And like, you know, I think about the the tapestry of us a lot because a lot of the things that I do enjoy did come from, you know, positive experiences within my childhood. And I realized that like, there's certain parts of my identity that like, I'm still having to develop because they should have been able to develop earlier, but it was like, it wasn't on brand with what the family image was trying to be. You know, I I've talked a lot about my clothing and my, you know, physical appearance and stuff like that, because so much weight was put on how we looked and how we presented and the image that we represented when we left the house. So like your hair needed to be washed. You need to straighten your hair because that's how it looks better. You need to blow dry it because then it doesn't look oily. You need to, you know, I like I was being told that I needed to wash my hair every single day, that I needed to blow dry my hair every single day, that I needed to straighten my hair every single day because like otherwise it, it looked unkept and it didn't look the way that it should have and that I needed to wear certain clothes that were purchased for me. And, you know, I remember bringing up like when I'd go shopping and I'd be like, I really like these outfits, whatever. Like I remember getting gifted combat boots. Cause I was like, I just really want a pair of combat boots. Like I really love the look that I'm seeing online. And it was like, okay, you can wear combat boots, but like, you can't have like, I, I didn't have a lot of dark clothing because I was told that like, it didn't, didn't look good, whatever. And I was like, I really like how I look in black though. 
you know, like I tend to gravitate towards black clothing and I'm now wearing more colors. Hello, sir. So yeah. So having to like rebuild this idea of like, who am I actually, you know, that was always my favorite line as a kid of, I know you better than you know you. And I remember one time having that thrown at me in an argument or like I was getting yelled at for something and it was like, I know you better than you know you. And I was like, you don't know me at all. Like, actually, you hate me because the things that I like, you don't like. Like the things that I find like identity in, you won't let me lean into. And like as a teenager, that's such a like, I feel like universal experience. And then I talk to people who are like, that's not my experience at all. My mom was actually like, yeah, wear whatever you want. Like, I don't care. And I was like, I did not have that experience. You know, like there was a very specific image that was desired. And it wasn't just my mom. Like my dad was also involved. I think they were equal parties in it. And I'm going to give them both credit. Um, But yeah, so there's a little childhood trauma lore. I'm sorry. I have a cat who's trying to eat my earbuds right now. Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're actually not going to do that. Let's unplug it. So flew to Chicago. The Art Museum, I went to the Art Institute of Chicago and it was absolutely beautiful. To my core, I am an art museum girly. If you can't tell by the wallpaper, I love Marie Antoinette. I am going for like a cozy coquette vibe for the studio. I love paintings. And I I was talking to a girlfriend about this after the fact because I was like, I had such a great time. But there was an exhibit of like artifacts and... I love art museums. And as a kid, I loved all kinds of museums. And I was like, how great that like we get to see all of these like things, you know, of like these societies that are long gone or whatever. And like, as an adult, maybe this is just me, but like, I love art museums. And I look at art museums because I'm like, an artist created this with the intent of it being on display in this setting, you know, in a gallery where it's supposed to be hung up and, you know, was it revered? I don't know if that's the right word, but like appreciated by society. Like the whole purpose of this artwork is to be seen, to be admired, to be appreciated, to be understood, to be felt. These artifacts that you have this whole narrative next to it of like, on an archaeological dig to, you know, this was donated by this, you know, tribe and it's a sacred piece of their culture. And it was like, that feels weird. It feels really wrong because I look at it and I'm like, what were the pretenses that this was provided under? You know, was this freely given for the intention of being gawked at by civilians who are just paying a couple dollars to walk through and and see all the cool things that are here? You know, like it feels wrong and it, it feels icky in the sense of like, how was this obtained? Where did this come from? Why was this accrued? You know, like it, especially cause like, I know that the backstory is probably that someone came in and said, I'm going to take this so that I can go put it in my museum so that people can learn about your culture, but it's exploiting it, isn't it? You know, like, are we doing more harm than good? Because like, what am I learning from this culture by looking at its sacred objects behind a glass box? 
And how much more would I learn from actually getting to like connect with the people? And it, again, I've talked about this before, but like we live in a society that removes us from each other and removes us from community. And like, if I were to go and, you know, spend time with a family that lives in a certain culture and learn from them what their day-to-day looks like, that's one thing. But going in and looking at their day-to-day in pieces that were removed from them, like that feels wrong and it feels weird. You know, I looked at, there was a like Egyptian um, exhibit and they had a coffin or a a sarcophagus. I think sarcophagus is the right word that was cut open so that you could see, you know, inside, outside. And there was like photos of the mummified body that was removed from it. And I, I used to like really be obsessed with like Egyptian mythology and Greek mythology. And I really loved as a kid learning more about, you know, what, what did a day-to-day in like ancient Egypt look like? And I had to stop and, and look at this beautiful sarcophagus, you know, gorgeous, absolutely beautiful, the art and the detail that went into it. And I felt like in my gut, I felt just like really uneasy and really sad because I was looking at a lifetime's work that was put into how this person's spiritual and sacred beliefs were of this is how I will find peace upon my passing and I need to be laid to rest very specifically in order to be, you know, in a good place beyond. And we dug it up, we cracked it open, we ripped their body out and we threw it away so that people can come look at the the art of, you know, telling the story of their life that's on the inside of their coffin. You know, like, I want you to think about it. How would you feel if one of your ancestors was dug up from their grave, ripped out of, you know, their casket, and and, and we gawked at the casket to, oh, look at the woodwork. That's fucked up. That is so fucked up of, like, this person was laid to rest and we just ripped them out without a care for, like, that was their spiritual belief. Like, we just shit on everything that they believed. People might not believe that currently, but like, who are we? Who the fuck are we, these little human brains, to think that we have the right? Oh, they're dead. Rip them out. Like, you know, there's a lot of talk about death and, you know, who gets protected in death and and what life needs to be protected, you know? But then you decide that once certain people are already dead. It doesn't matter. You know, that like, there's no repercussion to digging up a dead body and mutilating its last wishes. But the, I'm going to get political, the unborn, you know, that we're, we're going to lose our shit. There's the Alabama thing that like, it just, it really fucking bothers me of a family that sued a wrongful death of a minor because their IVF embryos were unsalvageable based off of something that had happened within their handling. And it was decided by the Alabama Supreme Court with Bible verses as a reference that these embryos that were made that had never been in a body, had they were just embryos in a freezer, that they are considered minor children, 
and have the same rights as living, breathing children. And therefore, their unviability is murder. But we don't respect the people that had full-blown lives that have died. That was That has not been a life. That has not breathed. That has not had an existence. What? I don't know. I like, I don't know if that doesn't make sense to anybody else, but like the grief that that puts on my chest, I'm like, I don't get it. I really don't. I don't understand how like as a society, we can sit here and feel justified. And I don't feel justified in this, but I, I look at other people, you know, my peers of humans, because like at the end of the day, like we are all human beings and we're all equal in that matter. Society puts us in a place where like, we're not. And I acknowledge that. But you know what's really fucked up is the fact that we can decide that we're better than the people that came before us. That we can anticipate that we're better than the people that will come after. Like the ego, the ego that is so prevalent in like the deciding factor in these things is crazy to me. Because I just, I can't, I can't imagine being the family member who followed my loved one's wishes and their sacred religious and spiritual beliefs of how to protect their essence and their spirit and send them off into their afterlife with love and with protection and with care and with respect for the life that they lived to know that some dude probably dug up their grave, ripped their body out, in, investigated it for science and like yeah how great that we have all of this knowledge but like maybe that knowledge wasn't for everyone to know you know like what happened to the respect that like there are really sacred things to individual cultures that like once it becomes sensationalized like are we destroying things through sensationalization probably you know like how great that we know but also have we harmed the sanctity of this belief. Sorry, I had to go chase a cat to get a piece of wallpaper out of his mouth because he had a scrap of wallpaper that he was eating. So I'll move on. But yeah, it, I don't know. It, it felt wrong. I love art museums. I love art. I love paintings. I love sculptures. I love things that were created with the intention of being shared with the world in that matter. I don't love the idea of things that were never intended to be put on a stage and gawked at. Because that's the thing is, it's like how many people are standing here and are like, oh, I, I feel religiously connected to this and I, I feel, you know, honored by this. And if you do, that's wonderful. But like, I really want to be proven wrong because I look at it and I see the history of destruction that comes in order to create these exhibits you know and and that that comes from like a really harmful and really painful past for a lot of people and and it it's it's sad it's really sad and I don't know I feel like that part isn't always talked about but I had a good discussion with a girlfriend who was like one of the cultures that I was raised with um is very private for the sake of like we know what it looks like to have you know, you're, you know, the person comes in and says, let me share your ways with the world. And then we've seen what happens when that happens, you know, that it becomes 
let's share it with the world because that way everybody can have a little piece of it and then it ceases to exist and hold, you know, the significance that it did. And I was like, ooh, yep, yep, yep. Okay, yep, 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 yep. That, that is exactly what I thought it was. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. So it was a great conversation though. And I really appreciated having that because I was like, I, I feel inner, tor- inner turmoil seeing some of these exhibits. And she was like, oh, for sure. So yeah, so moving on to the list. Chicago was fun. The art museum was beautiful. I highly recommend it. The art is gorgeous. Um, There was the Monet room was beautiful. The Picassos were gorgeous. There was a Picasso exhibit going on um, and it was lovely. I really enjoyed the like the history of the United States through art. And with that, I really enjoyed it because it was portraits. You know, it was portraits and how the style of their painting was. And then it was also furniture. And like, I love Victorian style furniture. I really do like a, a little, uh, a settee or a chaise that's like really ornate. Love it. If I could have one in here, I would, but they're so fucking expensive. And I, I just had so much fun with like the furniture and, and the design of what did it look like to live in a, a home at this time? And they had the tiny rooms that were designed based off of like different eras and different locations and what would the average, you know, Victorian England style like castle look like? Now, what would a, a layperson's home look like? And what would a poor person's home look like at this time in England? At the, Here's what it would look like. And I was like, I love this. It's gorgeous. And then they started showing like American styles. So like you got to see like what would a home in Texas look like? Modern of like the modern of it, the artist who had made it is very long dead. Um, so it was like modern, it was like the 80s, but it was also like futuristic. So it wasn't accurate what the 80s looked like. Um, or like maybe it looked like what a rich person in the 80s had it look like. Because I only see what poor people in the 80s looked like anyways. But like, uh, you know, the 1700s, the 1800s, early 1900s of like Texas, Massachusetts, New York, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, you know, what, what did these different states homes look like? And I was like, that's fucking gorgeous, you know, but then you also like sit there and you're like, oh, I want I, the person who owned this. I wonder what the person who owned this house would look like. And I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah, they probably were doing some fucked up shit. Probably. Um, okay. So I finished HBO girls, um, season five. What the fuck was that? Not season five, season six, season six was dirty booty hole truly it was i thought a horrible end of the series um they just kind of like threw shit at the wall hannah being pregnant i think was a horrible storyline because i don't think that it made sense for her, her at that time to make that decision to have a child at 27 when she's like genuinely a hot mess and like part of it too was like oh i'm gonna have this kid and like i'm it's gonna help me grow up and like all these things and it was like no like she i, I just i didn't like it i really didn't there was, you know, the final scene between Adam Driver and Hannah. We've, we've, I've seen it on social media before of like them at the diner. And he makes this comment of like, you know, we could probably move into this place, but they prefer uh, married couples. So like, we should probably do that. And Hannah starts crying. And like, I, I feel like I've had that encounter before of like, maybe I'm interpreting it wrong, 
But the way that I interpreted it was like the realization of like, oh, this, this is over. You know, they have like one day together where he's like, you're pregnant and I will help take care of your child. And she's like, he wants me. And then she realizes like, oh, he doesn't want me. He feels obligated to take care of me. Like he feels an obligation towards me. He doesn't want me. He doesn't love me. He feels responsible for me. And I don't want that. I want someone who wants me. I don't want someone who feels responsible for me. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I feel like I've felt that. And that's where we get the good soup from. So thank you, Adam. Um, but I, I just, I didn't like the ending. I didn't like it. Bear Bells protein bars. So I've been seeing them all over TikTok. I watched Gabby do a taste test and Gabby said all of them were delicious. I watched Pookie get surprised with piles of them from Jet. And I think she likes the cashew caramel. I did try the cashew caramel. It was pretty good. I bought, they were at Walmart and they only had two flavors. They had three flavors, but one of them was peanut and I can't eat peanuts. So I tried the caramel cashew and the cookies and cream. And I don't think I would buy the cookies and cream again. Just because like I personally, I'm just not a big fan of cookies and cream. Personally, the cashew caramel tasted like a Milky Way. It was delicious. I do want to note though. So it's going around because like it tastes like a fucking candy bar. It really does. For 20 grams of protein, no added sugar and like 200 calories. Like the macros of it are like really good for the most part. The fake sugar is the same kind that they use in those laxative sugar-free gummy bears. So be warned, okay? Be careful. They literally have a label on the bar that says like overconsumption will lead to diarrhea. So be careful with that. But if you're looking for like a little snacky snack, they're like two bucks a bar, which is pricey for a protein bar in my opinion. I personally am a big fan of the chocolate mint uh, elevation protein bars that you can find at Aldi. It's $7 for six bars. So a little over a dollar per bar, but like not a bad deal in comparison of like how much other protein supplements are costing. And these ones do take, like these are nice. I I probably am going to buy them in the future and more because like if I'm on my period and I just really want a candy bar, like it's a nice alternative, you know, like to hit my goals because your girl is still dedicated to her gains. I did have to have a conversation with my trainer because I was like, I, as a child, had really chronic back pain and my parents always were like, you're too young for back pain, whatever. Did grow up and find out. So I was told at the doctor as a kid, like, hey, she has some scoliosis. And then as an adult, went to a chiropractor and got x-rays done. They were like, hey, like you really have scoliosis. Like, was this not addressed as a child? And I was like, no, I like my parents didn't really take me to the doctor that much. Like they took me when they had to or when I was like. I think I'm dying, dying. Um, but like any kind of like aches and pains and stuff were just like, oh, just like go foam roll, go tough it out, whatever. Like you'll be fine. And having doctors as I'm older be like, oh no, like, hey, this chronic pain probably is coming from this, this, and this. And I'm like, wow, that's great. And they're like, you've just lived like this. And I'm like, yeah, I've lived at like a constant three to four out of 10. And so that's been kind of, frustrating recently where I'm like my you know my back is getting stronger but like it fucking hurts you know like I I feel good but I feel three to four out of ten sore and having to learn that so you you build muscle but like your fascia is 
takes a while to, to stretch. And your fascia is the equivalent of the sausage casing over your meat. Um, so having to have a regimen to like really stretch every day and like foam roll and Epsom salt baths and all this while it's like in that process to like help it become less painful, fucking brutal. Okay. Fucking brutal. But we be live, laugh, loving. So eat your protein. A couple of other things. So I was diagnosed with OCD when I was 12 years old. And it is something that was being treated with medical professional assistance. I now, you know, go to therapy and I, I work with a different kind of professional. Um, but it's something that I've like talked to my therapist about of like, I've had certain rituals that have existed in my life for a long time. And I have noticed that some of them have become a, a bit more prevalent over the past couple years. And like, I'm not, I'm not focusing on it as much as I was as a kid. Cause like, I thankfully am not in a place where I have as much like paranoia and fear attached to it. Like, you know, as a kid, it was, if I don't, uh, you know, I, I would flick a light switch next to my bed for a nightlight on and off and on and off like 30 something times before I felt like, okay, I can go to sleep now. You know, I had to make sure that like all of these vision points into my bedroom were covered because someone was probably watching me and like all of these like paranoia things that really were like, had me in fear, I was able to address and, and remedy and take care of. But having a couple that have stood with me of like, I've trained my body you know, in some way for some of these. And like, I'm so going to out myself on the internet. But like, since I was about seven years old, I had, so I had severe anxiety. I'm, oh, I'm outing myself on the internet today. So I was also diagnosed with um, severe generalized anxiety when I was 12 years old. And it had been prevalent for years prior. Uh, for context, my biological mother passed away one day when I was five years old, it was like three weeks after my fifth birthday, I left for school. I came home. Someone else picked me up and brought me to the hospital and she died a few hours later. Um, she was in an accident. Shit happens. And I eventually like started developing um, some symptoms of anxiety. Like I started after that having a problem with like, uh, like it, it's funny how it impacts your body where like I, as a kid, had an issue with, like, bedwetting because, yeah, kids have that issue, whatever, but, like, for a long time, like, longer than it should have been. And my parents, it, it does make me laugh, you know, growing up and then, like, learning about all of this. Um, when I was in college, I received a pamphlet on, like, adult survivors of child abuse, and they were like, this is what it looks like in physical symptoms. And, it like, I was like, oh, check, 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 check. Like uh, prolonged bedwetting, chronic UTIs, which seems like an onomatopoeia, not an onomatopoeia, an oxymoron. I don't know. Whatever it is, that's like a, con a contradictory, like physical pains. So like I had a lot of like digestive issues and like stomach pains and whatever. And they were like all phantom allegedly, but it was like, no, that was the anxiety happening of like my body made me feel like my body felt like it was shutting down. And I was like, I like would be dry heaving in pain and like violently sick on Sundays. Like once it hit like 3 PM, I was like, my stomach really hurts. And like my back hurts even more and like crying in pain, trying to fall asleep because my 
my stomach and like my chest hurt so bad. And like all of these physical things that apparently were my body shouting, like she's not stable, you know, she's not at an equal playing field. Um, and so I developed these like OCD ticks of like, when I was a kid, I would have to go to the bathroom three, honestly, as a kid, it was five times before I could fall asleep. I'm going to, I'm going to be so honest. Why do you need to know this? You don't, but like, Hey, we're going to talk about it. So I would say, okay, I'm going to bed. I would lay down. And then five times I would have to get out of bed, go to the bathroom and like make sure that I was like as dehydrated as possible before I fell asleep. Like I would stop drinking water for like hours ahead of time. But my body, if I only went to the bathroom four times and there's no liquid left in my body, I would be tossing and turning and my body would feel like I had a full bladder until I went and just tried. And I didn't realize that that was like a bad thing to do until uh, several years ago. I was in physical therapy because I was like having issues and like went to a pelvic floor physical therapist who was like, you fucked up your muscle memory for like your bladder basically. And I was like, what do you mean? Like there was always a joke in my family of like, oh, Olivia has to pee every five minutes, like whatever. That was anxiety. Like literally it was anxiety causing my body to be like, you you gotta go, you gotta go, like you go to the bathroom. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, like I've now developed these like habits. And she was like, yeah, like the like emerge, like, oh, I'm just gonna like try quote unquote, like that's one of the worst things you can do for your body. And I was like, then why are we doing that with kids? Like as a kid, you're taught like, well, just try like just, and then being a child with anxiety and being like, I got to pee. I got to pee. I got to pee. Like, I remember in class one time being told like, you can hold it. Like you don't have to go this often. I was like, I do though. Like, I don't think you want like, I feel like I'm going to be in pain if I don't. Um, and I, I like really badly and teachers were always like, what the fuck? And then they diagnosed me with anxiety and they were like something that could be contributing. And they were like, oh, wow, crazy. So that tick I've noticed more where like, I will be in bed and I'll be like, I know that I, like, I'm consciously aware of the fact that like, I don't have to pee and I cannot. And I'm like, I know that if I get up, I go to the bathroom and I come back, I'm going to be able to fall asleep immediately. And I almost resent it because I'm like, I know other people don't have this. I've had like boyfriends spend the night that I'm like, hey, so I'm going to have to pee like five times before I can fall asleep. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I, I don't know. It's just a thing um, that happens. We're like, okay, let's like snuggle, whatever. And I'm like, I, I got to pee though. And I don't know how to fix it. Like, do I get back on medication? Cause like, I was trying to think about this where I was like, when I was on, I was taking medication as part of my treatment for OCD. And I was like, did it help? You know, like, I don't remember if it actually helped me like fall asleep easier. I just, I can't recall. And so I probably should talk to my therapist about it and like my doctor about it. Cause I was like, I, I don't think I realized that it was no CD tick at the time, but another one. Oh God, I thought I wrote it down. Another one though, um, that's developed over the past couple years, uh, is this like paranoia of posting something that I didn't mean to. And so like, I can't fall asleep until I've checked all of my social media profiles at least like three times to make sure that like, I haven't accidentally posted something. And when I was in college, like I would go so far as to like fully delete the apps and I would delete them. And then I would feel 
panic because because I've deleted it. I can't check it. So like I would have to like text my friends and be like, I need you to like screenshot this for me, like screenshot my profile and, and show me that like I didn't accidentally post something. And they were like, okay. And I've, I've learned that like my OCD tends to come out in like a, a more paranoia thing where like, no, no, I like, I'm, 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 no, no, you like, you have to show me this. I need to like confirm, 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 confirm. And so that's fun. And I'm noticing more of that. And I'm curious if it's related to like stress or what. But um, if you relate to this, you should probably talk to your doctor and or therapist about OCD because you might have that. So fun story. My thrifting flips. Okay, so when I went to Chicago, I had the cutie pieest little outfit. So I wore this black um, like boat neck long sleeve shirt that I've had. It's from H&M. I like it. It's pretty good quality. And it's just super, it's just like a staple. It's a classic piece. It's a good one. And I wore the jeans that I'm wearing right now. And I was out shopping and I was honestly, so Saturday I went to the gym. I had a great workout. It was okay. I was sick and shout out to my trainer who was like, if you feel sick, you can reschedule your workout. It is just a workout. You're, you are what's important. So like, if your body is telling you, like, I actually still need more rest, take the rest. Don't force yourself. And I said, slay queen. So I worked out, had my little workout and I was like, I, I just, I don't want to go home yet. I want to like walk around. I want to do something. So like, I'll go to Goodwill and I'll check out like if they have any furniture or something, like maybe a side table for recording. And I'm walking around, I'm looking. And I was like, I just, I went to the Goodwill by me and I was like, I'm not loving the selection. So I went to a different one, wild things that were there. And I went to like four different Goodwills and I, it dawned on me, why not go to the richest county in the state, which is nearby me. It's like 30, 40 minutes away. And I was already kind of in that area. So I was like, it's only a 15 minute drive. And I drove over there and it's funny to me what Goodwills decide is behind or in front of the counter because behind the counters, usually they're like high value items. And this specific one that's like right smack dab in the center of like the richest town in the state of Kentucky is a whole wall of Vera Bradley. But the one that I had gone to before that was in like the Louisville city center, Vera Bradley was just all over the floor because they were like, oh, it's not that high value. There were fur coats, like Mama's died. And so we got rid of her mink coat. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, but I found this trench coat that was like a hundred percent wool, really good quality. One of the buttons is broken, but I'm like, I can fix that because the spare is still on it. And it's this gorgeous trench coat. I had this like gorgeous outfit and I was shocked because it was $8. And I was like, this is really good quality. And I'm like Googling because I was like, how much did this cost? It is a London Fog 100% wool vintage trench coat, right? I Google it, $250. I was like, what the, f oh my God, throw it in the cart. It's a little bit big on me, but like in like a cute way. Cause like you kind of want your outer coat to be a little bit oversized. Cause then if it's really, really cold, I can put a sweater on and the trench coat. So I need to go get it dry cleaned, but like, I zhuzhed it a little bit for my Chicago. And then I got a leather belt. And I did have to make my own loops on it, like my own holes to fit my waist. But super cute outfit. Had a gorgeous time. And I don't know, like I've 
really do enjoy thrifting, but like, I'm very particular of like what fits what I want. And I feel like I don't find that all that often. So, but yeah, thank you for joining me. I really don't know how long this episode is because I've paused and come back so many times, but thank you for being here. Let's do, let's pull a card. All right. What card are we going to pull this week? I think we should pull a Zen card. Here we go. So front of the card, if you die before you die, you won't die when you die. Old Greek tombstone. Today, don't be afraid to reinvent yourself. Reawaken yourself to start to live the life you want. Start simple. Change a routine. Back of the card. The leading cause of death is birth. The beautiful thing about death is everyone gets to live before it occurs. How can you live your life to find peace in death? I don't fear death. Um, that's something that's taken me several years, but I do have moments where I'm like, what if I die before I get to do the things I wanted to do? And the world will still turn. I don't think that I'll be a ghost in the afterlife going, I didn't get to go to Paris and get my hair cut. I'll, it'll be fine. You know, like having the priorities of like, I think it's important that you're able to look at your life and say, what is the must do thing on here and do that thing now? What are you waiting for? You know, the only way to get over a fear is to get through it of, okay, then I'm going to do the thing, you know, that like, it's like the quote of like, if you're procrastinating a, a task, do something harder. So do the hard thing, you know, like you are alive right now. Why are you waiting for later? Live your life while it's happening. Don't don't plan around it or wish that you'd done differently in the past. Enjoy the life that you're living right now. And if you want something changed, do it. What is what is stopping you? Oh, I also finished a book, guys. It's called The Courage to Be Disliked. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I really did. And I think it's really kind of unlocked in my brain of like, you know, the only way to really live a content and happy life is to have the courage to let people not like you. And to be authentic in the life that you are leading. And so here we are living authentically. I love you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share with a friend. You know, check us out on social media. Email us at longdfriendspod at gmail.com. I really want to do like a reading your stories thing. I feel like that would be good for us. Maybe next week we'll do like a am I the asshole or something. That would be fun. All right. Love you. Thank you for being here. Bye.